All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. And with me tonight, special guest, Coach Nick, right? We got Coach Nick with us here tonight. Coach, thanks for being here. Thanks for asking again. Hey, it's been a while. It's, you know, always awesome having you in the seat here. Uh, Coach Nick, a couple things going on. Love to know your opinions on the subject. Uh, much like podcast Brian, uh, I respect your opinion. I value it. I know you're an intelligent man. So I'm, I'm curious to know what you think right, uh, about some of the developments in the news lately. Uh, it, what I believe to be a movement on firearm ownership, uh, legal firearm ownership, I should say, here in Canada. Uh, some of the things going on, like from the CTV polls, yeah. uh, you know, to some of the some of the things that are happening in the news. What, you know, what 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 is it out there that grabs your attention? Is maybe something uh, you know noteworthy? You know, something worthy to mention. Well, something worthy to mention is is just the fact that um, Ipsos Read poll yeah. uh, gets published when all those that follow your page, including myself, in recent times have seen a myriad of other uh, polls that have come out. Um, we've been following it. Those who are following it closely know that the, the results were, were very heavily against any kind of ban. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of curious that um, those get ignored, fall by the wayside, don't even get mentioned in lieu of the Ipsos Reed poll with this magic 48% numbers yeah. of people that are apparently uh, in favor of uh, uh, the ban. Yeah, where where'd they come from? Because every other poll, it's not even like like some of them worked out our you know in our favor, some of them didn't. Like every single poll I saw, yeah, right, resulted in a, a massive wave of like, no, what the hell? Like that's a dumb idea. Like I mean, it was it was very clear. And and, and some of those polls were conducted by, if I remember correctly, like CTV News. Right. Oh so, yeah. Like yeah. Th- these are not like these are not polls, folks, from like 2013. Like these are within the last like month or so. Absolutely. And there's uh, been like a yeah, yeah, and you know what? And we saw things happening, you know, uh, certainly online. It's, I mean, it's the new news. Nobody's really watching TV in the news anymore. You're watching online, you know. So, so we're participating in these polls, and I'm seeing the results from these polls, and I'm seeing it, you know, when uh, when they close the polls, there there seems to be a range anywhere between like 76 percent and up. Like, I mean, I saw as high as on one, I think it was like 94 percent or something like that. But like, I mean, there's this overwhelming, uh, you know no way that it's a good idea to you know increase um, you know restrictions on the legal firearm community as a response to violent crime so so we're seeing a lot of that you know and not not any I didn't see any polls where people were in favor of bans everything was pretty cut and dry until this one magically appears and it's like they've forgotten all the other ones they conducted you know like recently like yeah yeah I'd like to encourage people to don't just take it at face value. Do your homework, do, do your research, and dig. Where did vet those numbers? Yeah. Vet those numbers. Yeah. How did they come up with the 48%? What was the, the procedure in coming up with that? Where, who, where, what did they pull? Did they pull people outside a, a, a gun club? Did they pull people walking down Main Street? Did they pull people, like, how was it done? Um, what, what algorithm did they use if it was an electronic poll? Yeah. Because that's going to skew your results. It's like, hey, that, those could be legit results, but the algorithm used to, to produce, um, that, that was used behind that voting method, could be totally skewed to produce the results that they want. Well, and certainly, I think, you know, the confidence has been shooken uh, in the firearm community once again, you know, uh, in... 
you know, some of our police service. Uh, you know, I understand that uh, Mr. Saunders from the Toronto Police Service, you know, made the announcement on the numbers. Perhaps he didn't know. You know, uh, the man's uh, in a position of power. He sees a lot, I'm sure, uh, of numbers across his desk. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, not willing to make excuses for him. But, I mean, perhaps he didn't know. But uh, obviously there's an effort made by someone, all right, to skew the numbers if that number is uh, announced publicly. Uh, it, when we've got people that are... You know, commissioners um, and and you know uh, members like the, of the police association, uh, you know, coming forward and saying that there's really no benefit to, mm-hmm. you know, in, in enforcing any kind of ban. Uh, you know, I guess that the police organizations have kind of put themselves kind of in the middle of this in a way that we haven't seen before. Uh, as gun owners, I can tell you that it's always been RCMP pushing for more and more and more. And yes, that, it know, has. Yeah, but but now we're seeing, you know, uh, obviously some some of the some of our law enforcement are, are expressing that they don't they've arrived at the same conclusions that we yeah. have known for yeah. years, which is we're not the problem. So you know now our faith has been kind of shooken in some respects. You know we've got someone lying to us. Uh, it does involve the police. Uh, you know we've. I had to suffer through things like High Ridge. Uh, you know, I don't know if you uh, you remember the flooding. Oh, yeah. West, yeah. Yeah, West, you Making know. Making an excuse to go in the houses. Well, yeah, you know, for the people that are just tuning in and have never heard this story before, you know, once upon a time in a far, far land, yeah. you know, in a beautiful province, <laughs> right, uh, you know, there was a, a place called High Ridge, and, you know, it flooded, and, um, you know, there was a concerted effort made by the... Um, RCMP to, you know, retain firearms or to ensure that firearms were secure and uh, couldn't be, uh, you know, accessed illegally. You know, so we've got the RCMP breaking into people's houses and (laughs) cutting into their safes in order to make the firearms more safe. I, I don't know what the logic was behind that, but it all kind of disappeared. I think it was under the auspices of public safety. Well, yes, of course, and you know, yeah. and, and I and I worked for the organization for years, and I can tell you that yeah. a lot could fall under the you know auspices. Oh, of, it's it's a wide sweeping. It's category. a pretty wide yeah. sweeping, and you know what? If you can, you know, you should be able to justify it. But I think I can, I think I can make a strong argument for the safe in the house sunken under four feet of water is probably in pretty good shape. You know, most people don't know it's there, and you know, sending guys in with like blow torches and cutting saws to break into people's houses, and you know, like I mean. It, it just seems a little excessive and, you know, heavy-handed, but, but it all disappeared. And under the auspices, of, I'm sure, of public safety, and I mean, in, in some respects, they may have been right, you know, uh, perhaps they knew something that other people didn't, you know, who in the neighborhood owns these types of firearms, you know, maybe the wrong people know, and decided that uh, they were going to make the steps uh, or execute the steps necessary to ensure that they didn't end up in the wrong hands. You know, I want to believe they were doing it for the right reasons, but whatever. Um, you know, but we have items like that in our history as a firearm community that shake our confidence in law enforcement. And, 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 I mean, it's really easy just to point to the rank-and-file guy, uh, you know, frontline police officer, and blame him for it. I know when I was growing up and I first got into firearms, the police were the people that take your guns away. Like, that's, that's when, when I was a grown man and I'd never been in trouble my entire life, and I really had no reason to fear the police. Um, you know, I, the one thing I did learn was is that if you caused trouble, you would lose your firearms. And it really was, a, you know, a regulating sort of influence on my behavior growing up. And that, you know, if you thought about getting into a fight, you might think again, you know, as a grown man uh, with firearms. 
and you know it, it, it can happen really fast and you can get yourself in trouble and I mean it was never really a, a huge challenge for me but uh, you know some people's patience gets tested uh, certainly certainly growing up you know things were different with for me to be around the police uh, was always a positive thing I had an uncle that was a police officer and you know I became one and you know I, I want to trust the police uh, you know my exposures are different you know, I've been in that uh, fraternal type environment, and you know, I, I want to trust the police. Uh, I do also know, though, however, that there's always a possibility. Whoops, got my phone going off right mid podcast. Sammy, I'm sorry I can't talk to you right now. I, I promise I'll call you back. All right. Um, you know, this is going to be one of those moments we're going to look back on in podcast history. And Sam, I'm looking at your name and I want to pick up that phone, but I'm afraid of what you may say. <laughs> So I, I promise I'll call you back. It's uh, 9.34. I'm going to probably run another 15 minutes of podcast, say my goodbyes to Coach Nick, and uh, I'll call you back. So if you can work out the math, uh, by the time you hear this podcast, uh, you will probably have figured it all out. Anyway, back to uh, the subject at hand, uh, policing, right? Trusting the police. Uh, uh, always been an issue for the firearm community. Uh, wasn't as much for me personally because of you know my proximity to the organization and you know my exposures, uh, but for the, you know Joe Public, you know it's important that you trust the police. And as a firearm owner, there's there's been you know some some mistrust that's developed. Uh, you know, I know a lot of fantastic people in the law enforcement communities that love guns, and I know a lot of guys, you know, have absolutely no interest in seeing anyone deprived of their personal property. Uh, however. You know, uh, there is the administration to think of, and, of and you know, there's always going to be, you know, um, opportunities for people to perhaps not do the right thing. And so, with our faith kind of shook, you know, uh, you got, you know, the polls, you know, we've got uh, this mailing of this item. And then this is this is something that's come up, and I, you know, what, like what you're shaking your head, you don't want to because it just seems too coincidental. Yeah, you know what, the timing. It's too coincidental. A package with. Um, some fire, what was it, four firearms, I think, two long rifles yeah. and two handguns? Yeah. That wasn't locked, and then mysteriously, how does that get through? Like, I mean, Canadian Border Security Services, uh, they got a tough job, but gosh, I don't know, like, just, there's just something about that. This, this, when I heard that, it, right away, it's like something doesn't seem right. Yeah, you know what? And I, again, uh, I'll tell you folks, I value Coach Nick's opinion. Uh, I, you know, and it's not because he agrees with me on this one, or I agree with him, rather, I should say. Give me the 10 bucks <clears throat> after the podcast. The 10 bucks. You. <laughs> you know, like, that's like, you know, you're, shh, you're not supposed yeah. to tell people. Yeah, sorry. Going back to this, right? Um, where were we on the the, the issue of, of trust? And, yeah. and you know, arriving at the same conclusion I had, which is like, why now? Like, is all of a sudden, uh, you know, two fully automatic yeah. M4, um, you know, military grade machine guns are suddenly being, you know, uh, mysteriously being delivered to, uh, you know. Uh, Bombardier, Bombardier. <laughs> yeah. of all places. Yeah. Yeah. That that strike you as a little bit mm. odd? Well, you know, you know, I don't. Hey, I don't want. I don't want to accuse anybody, and I certainly don't want to suggest that there's something going on there. Uh, but I mean, if you follow what happens in Parliament, I mean, you know that this Liberal government bailed uh, Bombardier out of some big yeah. messes, or gave some yeah. people some monster raises, or did something. I know there was a big issue over Bombardier. Well, isn't it kind of comical that? Uh, a, a package like this gets delivered to Bombardier, which, of course, you know, they call in immediately. 
Uh, <laughs> and then release it to the to the media for whatever. Oh yeah. yeah, and 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 all and all of a sudden, yeah. CTV suddenly sounds like they know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, now they're yeah they're now they're experts, now, now they're experts. Now Somebody they're must experts. have pulled those guys into a room, <laughs> you know. And, but I'm but I'm watching it, you know, and I'm just I'm listening and I'm going, Jesus, like I mean, these are fully automatic military grade machine guns, you know, basically hitting the streets of Toronto, you know, and and enough firepower to. Uh, you know, outgun our police officers with their patrol carbines, you know, making that announcement so that we can make all the policing community a little nervous too. Cause I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that they're probably watching from the outside and going, you know, I don't care one way or another, but then hearing that it's like, okay, maybe we should be doing something about this. That could bring the guys back in line. Certainly would be a tougher sell for the, um, uh, police association. Right to respond, oh, I'm sure. sure to their, I'm sure their membership would be sitting there saying, "We don't want these damn things on the street." You get, you get behind this and apply pressure to you know those leaders uh, because they stepped out of line. They said, "We don't think there's going to be any visible impact on crime if you ban guns." Well, they stepped out of line, and now all of a sudden, right, we've got this package with machine guns mysteriously arriving, which Convenient puts coincidence conven- conveniently arriving at Bombardier. <laughs> you know, I, it just every time I say it, it just makes me laugh. Um, you know, and, and for Joe Public, I mean, if you hear in the news, two machine guns get delivered, like there's a problem with the mailing system uh, would be the first thing that would jump into Joe Public's mind. You know, like mm-hmm. what? Like oh, they're just mailing guns to each other? Machine guns? Oh, yeah. We need more gun control. That that will be the response they'll get from people, yeah. you know, with that sort of thing. I mean, if, if you subscribe to the, you know, tinfoil hat theory. Right, that maybe somebody's behind this, and you know, I, I've I've definitely had my conversations with Brian, where you know he he truly feels that this is uh, you know very strategic and yeah. it's well funded movement. I, I would be I would tend to agree with him. It, it, right. it, the amount of coincidence, coincidences coincidences and the timing, it, it, you know, there's got to be a cutoff point. But yeah, like like I mean, at what point do you start to say, okay, something's up? Somebody's trying to manipulate. You know, uh, a set of circumstances to, you know, uh, evoke a, a certain response and result. It's at some point you got to start to think about the possibility that, you know, the tinfoil hat guys might be right. Like, I mean, OK, why would it go to Bombardier? You know, why now? Why machine guns and not, you know, now they can actually say, you know, assault rifles and, and they can't really fall fall down on their faces like they have historically because they don't understand the terminology and they're definitely making some serious mistakes. So all of a sudden, yeah. for the first time, you know, in history, <laughs> two, two, two M4 actual assault rifles, actual yeah. assault rifles get, you know, mysteriously bailed to Bombardier. And am I the only one that thinks that that's, you know, maybe a little bit odd? Well, I mean, what I did, what did occur to me today when I was in in class, uh, teaching my kids, was, is is this is this a sign that maybe that there's some resistance behind the scenes? Abs- so absolutely, from from the liberals, uh, from their own people. You know what? There there definitely would be. I would imagine. I, I bet you there's is a this bunch, an indication of that. I bet you there's a bunch of MPs that are getting very very nervous about their political futures. Uh, you know, if they get behind something that in their ridings is going to result in them getting voted out, mm-hmm. you you may have the beginnings of a mutiny. Uh, you know, we have, I, I think I read someplace that um, uh, Mark Holland, right, who's been described as a rabid anti-gunner, you know, the man that uh, kind of uh, tore a strip, you know, out of a few people I know, um, you know, in committee, 
uh, you know, cut people off the knees before they had an opportunity to debate things properly. Nobody's fault. Uh, you know, I saw it coming. I knew they weren't going to waste time arguing. You know, we'll just shut down debate. They have the power to do it. So, I mean, if they know they're going to lose the argument uh, with, you know, logical facts, uh, you know, having to be the basis for people's arguments, if they know they're going to lose it, it makes sense to shut it down. I, I, I tried warning some people of that, uh, you know, like don't expect them to play fair. And I think I think we're seeing a continuation of that. You yeah. know, oh, uh, you know the advisory committee. You know uh, that wasn't a slanted piece of shit right from the very beginning. That was an indication of the way they were going to play. That's putting it nicely. That's that's you know what that's that's a great indication of the way that they were going to play it. They they were going to stack that deck there. Oh, and yeah. oh yeah. So I mean, and we all saw it. I mean, I and I think that you know uh, certainly I raised concerns. Uh, people expressed to me that there was only a limited amount of things that could be done about that. Nobody's fault. You know, we are kind of at the mercy of a majority government, and they'll pretty much do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. You know. Uh, um, but sir, keep that in the back of your mind for next time, right? Yeah, yeah. Keep that in the back of your mind for a year, for a year from now. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, a year a year from now, people are going to make a choice. Uh, you know, I don't want this Trudeau government. I sincerely hope that the rest of the country sees all the mistakes that uh, are being made by our current liberal government. Uh, you know, the idea that we would survive another four years of Trudeau. I think that. Uh, you know, as fire motors, if you want to come back to that, I mean, it's, it's you know, what it, what it is exactly we're talking about here. As fire motors, we cannot afford, and I've discussed this with some very intelligent people, and now you can be added to that number. Um, I find myself thinking there's a- absolutely no way we can expect anything less than, you know, a good run at us this time around. Like, they're, they're going to take a good poke. Uh, at fire owners, I think we'd be stupid to think that they're not. Uh, some people are kind of resting on the laurels of, you know, well, they can't possibly jam it through. Uh, this government has demonstrated when they want to do something, they will slam it home and they'll shut down debate and they'll fast track things. And I mean, you could sit there and say, well, that takes time to implement. I think that's what's making people nervous is I, I think there is some talk, you know, of, uh, telling people to turn things in, which does result in, you know, of course, the next step being when they don't turn things in, uh, and now they're in possession of illegal properties to go get it and recover it. And I think that that prospect would make people pretty nervous in a, in a free country, you know, being told, okay, I haven't done anything wrong, but the government's going to, uh, in some way, shape or form, deprive me of property, whether it means, uh, deprive me of the enjoyment thereof or take it uh, altogether in uh, full on style, you know, style confiscation, you know, type method. Um, you know, somewhere in there, you know, people are very concerned about that sort of thing taking place. Like, I mean, as, as a gun owner. Um, it, it's nerve-wracking to think that from one moment to the next, you could lose something that you own, right? And that's what the rest of Canadians don't understand is, is that aren't gun owners and that don't participate in our wonderful hobby, pastime, and sport is that it, it, it can very easily potentially be applied to something they do enjoy. So it doesn't affect them. Yes. So it's like, ah, whatever, let them, you know, let them take the guns. Well, hang on. If they can do it with this, with, with the guns... And what else can they do it with? Yeah. Is there something else that they could potentially apply that to? Yep. Yep. What's next? What's next? I, what's next? And and I've had I've entered into that debate. I've certainly seen a lot of people pulling their hair out, arguing with with what you know uh, at times can be some really logical. Uh, arguments. Some people are just scared of guns when it comes right down to it, mm-hmm. you know, but the, for them, you know, they say, oh, well, it's designed to kill. Well, you know, it's true. There are some guns that ha- were designed, you mm-hmm. know, specifically for warfare, um, you know, and, and, and they're known today as bolt action rifles. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, most, most, 
you know, uh, rifles today are, are produced with some sporting purpose. So the more modern ones are actually more sporting purpose. The fact that the traditional ones look less menacing um, is really kind of a, a you know, a, a mistake on the parts of people that, you know, don't recognize what they are. But, like, true battle rifles are, like, things like Lee Enfields. Yeah. Right. So I mean, if you're gonna get into you know killing machines, K98s. you know yeah, K98s, K31s. Yeah. I mean, you got this host of surplus rifles, and so I mean, but but you know to stretch this a little bit further, you know it could be your car, folks. Right. I mean, what if the government turned around and told you tomorrow, um, we think that owning cars is bad for the environment. Right. We're not going to allow you to continue to operate cars after the hours of 6 p.m. in an effort mm -hmm. to reduce emissions and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, have a more positive impact on, you know, uh, the footprint we leave on the planet. Like, I mean, what if they came to your house and told you you won't be able to drive your car between the hours of 6 and 2 in the morning? You know, like, I mean, do you want the government doing something like that? No, of course not. Right? I, I think we got to back up a step. Do you want to allow the government to have the power to be able to do something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Take it one step back. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know what? I don't want uh, ever to come a day when uh, anyone out there that's listening, right, who uh, is maybe just getting into firearms or wants to learn a little more about firearms, anybody out there listening, uh, listen, listen to this. If the government came along and suddenly said to you, uh, you're not allowed to have that car anymore, right? We're going to be taking it or turn it in so we can squish it, right? Uh, but you won't be given any form of compensation for it. You know, like to gun owners, it's no different than a set of golf clubs that you lean in your closet. We're actually, you know, forced to lock them up and lock them up again and transport them with permission, uh, you know, from one location to the next. Uh, certainly the, the rules have changed a little bit in the last few years. But I mean, more or less, these firearms under current Canadian law are allowed to travel uh, from place to place as long as it's, uh, you know, a direct route to things like gun stores mm -hmm. or gun ranges or gun <laughs> shows. And, you know, uh, you still have to have a license to do all this. And it's, it's, a, it's a lengthy process. Uh, I know someone that just engaged in it and they waited well over six months, you know, to get it. I mean, this isn't like going into the mini mart, uh, you know, and slapping your driver's license down on the table and walking out with a gun. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people don't understand that. But, uh, you know, certainly a lot has changed in, in the years that have passed as it relates to, you know, the generation of firearms related legislation. Uh, we, we currently live under a, a bunch of rules that don't make a lot of sense. They're, they're really a hodgepodge mix and match of like uh, complicated and subject to interpretation. Like, I mean, it really, and a whole bunch of gray area. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's the gray area. A great gray area. And it seems <laughs> to be set up to keep it really good and confusing. And it's certainly a system that could use uh, some change. I, not the kind of change though, that I expect this liberal government to bring to it, which includes, you know, the possibility of losing property, which is a stress. I don't think any Canadian should have to live through. Um, you know, like, looming large. We have a government that seems hell-bent and determined. We're seeing a lot of what appears to be shady activity going on in the background. Yeah. We've got we've got a very liberal media for the most part. God bless the sun. The sun has actually come out swinging for they us. They have. They have. They've, you know what? If but then, you, of course, there's all those people that are coming trying to downplay the, the, the credibility of the sun, too, because they come out and yeah. swing in our favor. Yeah. Right? Well, you know what? I, I, I look at what goes into the sun. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, that probably read it a lot more... Um, 
fully than I do. You know, uh, you know, I, I read the few first few pages. You know, I look for the stories that I want to look for. You know, you I get, I go right. Re- you I, I, you know, is 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 that is that where the young lady is these you days? Go, like it used to be when I used was used to be. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I remember when they put it to the end of the the, the end of the sun. It was like that was the, kind of the way to finish the sun. That you go all the way through it. I remember when it was page three. Used, that's all yeah. you really did. You only got the page three, and then you you kind of put it away. Yeah. Uh, but times have changed, <laughs> and now and now I'm actually watching the news and I'm not a sexist pig uh, as some of the, some of the if we've got you know if we've got anybody out there that is offended by anything we've said I'm sorry I don't care I'm not sorry right. you're not like so, no yeah so but no like I mean right now right now it's more important than ever I think that we get out there and we speak to members of the general public and I mean I'm not, I'm not saying that we hold you know like town hall uh, meetings with total strangers but I mean I think everybody should go out to their friends uh, to their family to their colleagues and, and certainly you know reach out to people that might not know you know uh, what's going on out there I mean what, what but do, do it respectfully do it responsibly yeah you're good you are inevitably going to run up against somebody whether it's whether it's a, a friend a relative or potentially a complete stranger or colleague at work that is anti-gun yeah yeah okay and they're gonna have but you have to keep cool yep maintain yourself be articulate mm-hmm. and you know at the end of that conversation maybe Maybe you changed your ideas a little bit. Maybe you gave them something to think about, but maybe you, you didn't. Yeah. There's that potential too. But bottom line is, you got to keep your cool. Yeah, you can't engage in name calling and 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 derogatory. Like it, it can't be done, whether it's online, in person, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, you can't. No, it, it's got to be done articulately, uh, intelligently, and level-headed yeah no 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 it's it's you know what I, I god bless our audience uh on instagram on facebook uh you know you could see you know who's been with us uh, for quite some time yeah. i'm seeing a lot of fantastic discussions thank you so much folks for everybody that uh, responds takes the time to go on to our um you know facebook and instagram postings and comment uh thank you so much for policing yourselves you're making it very easy uh for a guy like me that wants to maintain order at all costs uh you know you're doing a fantastic job of, of, of policing yourselves and uh, definitely contacting me when things happen that shouldn't. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed, you know, a lot of that. And uh, with your cooperation, I might be able to not lose my marbles managing, you know, well over, you know, 80,000 people on uh, four different platforms, which can, times can be, you know, a little bit taxing. Uh, we were really excited. Uh, to bring you guys the uh, Tommy Gun project, and we, you know, that's something I haven't really talked about a lot. But the Tommy Gun project—it's coming though. More you know, information. Yeah, coming. one more information is yeah. coming. Yeah. Right? But you know, we we uh, we're working on a few things. We want to make sure the design is perfect. Uh, we're working with some terrifically talented people in the industry, and uh, really looking forward to uh, giving you the finished product. Uh, we're going to be offering it to the firearm community in the form of kits. And, uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can to keep the quality as high as you have come to expect from the Canadian Gun Vault uh, while making it as affordable as we can, which, you know, is a bit of a challenge. Uh, these these are parts, uh, you know, that are not necessarily uh, easy to make. I certainly can't make them. Uh, the people that are doing it are uh, amazing craftsmen. Uh, tactical Woodworks, incredible, uh, incredible work. Uh, done he, by that he's man. a magician with he, that wood. He I absolutely, you. you know what, uh, Brandon from Tactical Woodworks, I got to tell you there's uh just something magical in uh what he does with wood 
and uh, we have uh, you know some of his grips still on the website but I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing some spectacular things uh, are going to be coming out of that custom wood shop uh, you know we've got so many people in this industry that we've come into contact with that uh, you know have, have made this uh, really a incredible journey uh, we've recently spent a little time with X-Metal Targets and uh, you know we're really looking forward to uh, working with them in the future a little bit and uh, you know they've been kind enough to send us uh, some of their product uh, to test, and so we're excited about R&D? that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and maybe I'm just being hopeful, but um, you know, just they've they've uh, offered us uh, the ability to shoot at uh, some of their latest steel and some of, their, some of their best targets, and you know that that for us is uh, you know really exciting. Uh, you know, to have people support us like that, uh, such talented Canadian uh, businesses and, uh, you know, members, rather, of, of businesses here. Uh, you know, the, the Canadian firearm community is amazing, and the people in the industry uh, are right there, right along with it. I've, I've met some really fantastic people. Uh, you know, we've got uh, Nanook cases uh, big Danny. dan oh yeah, he's, he's I, awesome you know what? i love that guy <laughs> he's I love, always smiling he, you know what he's, he, always he, smiling. he's all smile yeah he's all smile and you know what danny danny if you're if you're listening all right uh every time i see you, you wrap your hands around my neck and we pose for that choking picture i've seen you do it with other people i used to feel special danny but you know what? i see you do it with all these people all the time it has been uh such an amazing time right when I hang out with that guy, I can't stop laughing. Yeah. Like he's oh, just, he's, yeah, he's, he's just so, he's, he's, awesome. he's so, he's so enthusiastic and he's, he is. and he's putting out a product that is absolutely second to none. Uh, I love the Nunuk cases. Oh, they're fantastic. Uh, you Those know, things are, they're yeah. practically indestructible. Yeah. Like, you know what, when I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've owned Pelican cases before and I'll say their name. They make, you know, they make good product. When I saw this Nunuk case, and you know, and I pulled it out, and I saw the way that it was constructed. Uh, I thought, yeah, like wow, like we've really put out a, a great product, intelligent design, you know, from from a Canadian yeah. company like yeah. that. Yeah, and and uh, you know, to see what they are able to subject those things to, like I mean, they're bomb proof. It's a, you got to throw them off buildings, you know, to to cause them any kind of damage, and you know, run over them with a truck maybe I don't know but like I mean for all intents and purposes I think you're pretty well covered with the enough cases yeah whatever's in it you're good to go yeah yeah well that's about all the time we have for tonight's podcast I uh, I know I got you over here a little bit late I, I apologize for wasn't the, that bad uh, well wasn't that you wasn't know, that we're, we're getting older buddy we gotta get him bed earlier I don't we're know what, getting older yeah now. we're getting older <laughs> now yeah anyway thanks for listening don't forget to like and subscribe and as always Canada don't forget to shoot straight stay safe